Hey, Broadway fans, we are back for another week of Broadway Breakdown here on Popcorn Talk Network. It is Oscar Sunday, but more importantly, we are talking Rent the Film. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. Aww. Yes, choreography. Love people. <laughs> well, you must know this choreography. <laughs> Since you were in the show, yeah, you better I mean, know it. Was, yeah, it was different, but yeah. I just like like the shoulder part. Yeah. I just want to go to a restaurant and just be like... <laughs> I just like the fact that they're dancing on the tables. I mean, who doesn't want to yeah. do that? It was hilarious because I, mean, I was watching it with some people last night that hadn't seen it, and this one of the girls I was watching it with, she was a wait- cheesy waitress, and she got so mad. She's like, I would hate them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's clear the waiter does hate them. He's like, guys, don't put the tables together. <laughs> and they're like, tables together. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We are t- talking Rent the Film, like I said. We talked to the theater show last week, so we're going to break it down, give our little insights on what we think are the differences good differences bad differences um before we do all that though let's introduce ourselves i'm your host brianna phipps you guys can find me at bphipps14 on instagram and twitter bphipps1214 on snapchat and we are joined again by the lovely timothy hey guys while accompanying myself on the 10 gallon pickle tub <laughs> i am timothy michael you can reach me on all social media platforms at i am timothy mike and to my left one two three jackie b on all platforms <laughs> I'm so like excited to talk about this film for the main reason that, and we're gonna get into that part later. But I know that it, it has a lot of bad rep to it, and I love this film. Yes, I you know what? I was thinking on the drive here. Brianna and I a lot of times, and I think I think this is it's good to have different viewpoints. We don't agree a lot of times. I'm like, what we like, what we don't like, um, and this is one thing that we're both like, yeah, the red film, which is like the whole world doesn't seem to like it, but it's the one thing we agree on. Yeah, no, I feel like we should have somebody on the panel that doesn't like the film to give us. I mean, we'll obviously try to play devil's advocate as much right. as we can, I mean, but I mean, I mean, there's I love gonna the be parts too. that I like, you know, wish things were done differently and stuff, but you know, overall, as far as a show being turned into a film. I thought that they did a really good job. So did I. And tweet at us and let us know, like, what you thought of the film. I'm curious because, um, I'm, every time I hear people who say they don't like the film, I'm like, I'm not sure those problems, like, can be solved the way you want them to be solved in a film, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's the hardest part, especially from, like, if you don't know about film or how it's made and stuff, like, it's very easy to be like, why didn't they just do this? Right. And then you realize if they had done it, it would have looked really ridiculous and right. stupid on film. Yeah, because there's a point where it's like, okay, do you actually just tape the stage show and then, like, give it out to people? Which they did. Which... Already. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's... Like, if it, if we're talking that, then I, that's what I prefer. Like, not to be mean about all these, like, NBC, ABC, Fox musicals and stuff, which... Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't like. But I would rather just it be like, when I was little, I watched the Mary Martin Peter Pan. They just filmed her on the stage doing the normal stage show. I'd rather have that than these, like, let's create sets and do these live musicals. And you know the reason they do it? It's not for theater people. It's for the people who who insist on going to the movies to see, like, a movie look like a movie. Yeah. You know, there and there are people like us, like, I went and saw, I wasn't here last week because I was seeing Allegiance, and I was like, hey, they taped Allegiance, and now I'm watching it, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, it had the same emotional resonation that a movie would have to me anyway. Yeah. But there are, yeah, I get that there are people that really just don't like music. I know, because I, well, I watched, like, you know, I watched the Mary Martin Peter Pan like you did, and I watched the Bernadette Peters Into the Woods, you know, which is another taped stage play, and... They used to do it all the time. Yeah, Yeah. they had one for, um, Jekyll and Hyde. They did it with too, recently. Oh, they did? For the Peter Pan with Kathy Ruby, I think about 10 years ago or so, they did one with her. Yeah. And it's also good for people who are at home, and, and they're not really, you know used to musicals or a don't want to pay so much money to go see a musical you know it's good it's a good introduction to a musical yes you're not getting the full experience because a musical is meant to be seen in a theater in a environment yes, yes <laughs> but at the same time it's like it, it's something you know what i mean was it you that said that you wanted the rent live like nbc live rent Yes, yes. And I was like, I don't know if they could really do without love. Um, I was thinking about it after watching the film a couple of times this week and being like, "Um, maybe Ron was right. Like, it's a little little raunchy. Yeah, some little kids might be like, Mom, what's AIDS? (laughs) What's heroin? (laughs) 
<laughs> What's a drag queen? We love her. <laughs> I actually, it's funny because I think like the drag queens would resonate. The drag queen would resonate the most with the kids. I think so probably. too. Yeah, and then the well, Angel the has like the most drug colorful. thing is probably the thing that's. That more, I think would yeah. is more of the dicey, and then you have that orgy and the death scene, and, stuff. and, yeah. and oh, a yeah. lot of people are dying. It's, it's, it'll get pretty depressing for some children. They might go to bed just being like, "What is the point? <laughs> Life is terrible. We're all gonna die. You're just gonna fall in love and die." <laughs> Sorry, not meaning to get all negative real fast into here. Um, and of course, I forgot to introduce her before, but Alexis could not be with us here at the table, but she is in the booth with us, our lovely musical goddess. Hello, everyone. Where can they find you, Alexis? <laughs> oh, yeah, you can find me all over social media at HRS890. So let's get right into talking about the main thing with this musical for me is that pretty much all of the Broadway cast came back to do the film, which I personally loved. Mm-hmm. I For me, and I think there and and I know you said like they taped they taped the stage play as well but it's there's something about seeing the original cast up close personal mm-hmm. um being able to really see their acting chops mm-hmm. that that I responded to because by the time we're we're all fairly young here um so by the time I knew about rent you could not go see the original cast anymore right, yeah. so when I heard this was being made into a movie with most of the original cast, I was like, yes, this is so exciting. I get to see them, and I get to see them acting, and I get to see them up close and personal in a way that it just wouldn't be a av- they just And I didn't care if they anymore. were technically too old to be playing their characters. Well, no, not at all. It wasn't it? It the, didn't matter. The, the original Joanne, they told her she couldn't come back because she was too old. Yes. I read that. Yeah. And I was like, but everybody else! It's like, like 10 years old. older, well, too. Well, it's funny, because I, I watched a documentary on, uh, you know, the making of Rent, the film, and, you know, Christopher Columbus said that he was going to audition people, um, but then he wanted to bring in the original cast first mm-hmm. to see where they were in there, because this was, what, the 1996? That's like about 10 years later. Yeah, yeah. It's 10 years later. Um, so... When he came, when the original cast came in, he looked at them and he was like, "They look as young as they did ten years ago, so why not just use them?" And did Daphne choose not to be a part of it, or did they do the same thing to her? Well, she was pregnant. She yeah. was pregnant. She okay. was pregnant, yeah. and she had cut her hair, and yeah, which she, like, yeah. No, like but I, having a pregnant stripper is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not how you that's not how you pictured Mimi. No, I mean, <laughs> it could happen. I technically, it might like get in the way of her relationship with Roger a little bit more. No, I mean, I it's wanted to see her do child. out tonight. You know, pregnant <laughs> up the on the poles. You have, you yeah. have the pregnant stripper also doing drugs. Well, also, <laughs> also Mimi's costume for out tonight is much more risque in the film. Than yes, I am sad that we didn't get our electric blue leggings. And uh, mm. you know, cheetah. Hey, there's still boots. Halloween. Hey, no, no, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Um, I and I. I mean, you guys discussed this last week. I like Rosaria Dawson's voice better. Yeah, not to, not to hate on Daphne and stuff. It, it, her voice is just a little harder to for my ears to handle. It just than doesn't Rosario. hit the ear right, yeah. you know. And like I said last week, it's funny seeing Rosaria Dawson come into this role because when she had initially uh, um, auditioned for it, um, she literally taped. Her audition. She choreographed her own little routine for Out Tonight. Aww. Went into the uh, the room with Christopher Columbus, and then she said she bombed the audition, and then walked out disappointed. And then Chris- Christopher Columbus like saw something in her, and then ran after her and like offered her the job. But wasn't spot. she in Josie and the Pussycats, or was that after that? Uh, I think it was, before. it was before that. Yeah, and she was in Clerks. But she was actually singing in Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a little tidbit about Out Tonight: uh, the outside of the Cat Scratch Club is actually in San Francisco. Is an abandoned building on Sixth Street. <laughs> yeah, I actually I heard that a lot of some of the exterior shots were shot in New York and San Francisco, yeah, yeah. which I thought was super cool because I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, know I only that knew either. it because I drove by that every day on my way to work, and I was like, "Wait, that's, that's so cool!" <laughs> like I saw Rent, and then I drove past, and I was like, "That that looks what? No, oh yeah, it's the same place." Yeah, and speaking of out tonight in the film versus the musical, the choreography for that number is outstanding. I mean, like, the choreography in most of the numbers in the film is a lot more, because they don't really do They don't much have to be singing. Yeah. That's the thing, is like, when the, one of the advantages of film is that, you know, you can record your voice mm-hmm. and then you can Listen. dance all you want. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another like, exciting thing. My two favorite um, choreography scenes for the film are, of course, Tango Maureen. Mm-hmm. Which is my oh, favorite scene. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. And the uh, Santa Fe 
when they're in the oh, subway. Yeah, in the subway. subway. I do love I've it. always love wanted that. to do that too. I was just like, dang, like ab workout right there. Right? <laughs> yeah. The only thing that bothers me is I'm like, why are they on the emptiest subway car that I've no, ever I, seen I, in my life? I, I said the same thing last night. I was like, I love how they walk down and it just comes right as they walk down. That's so convenient. Yeah, yeah and then nice. it's empty and then no one's like yelling at them for like dancing. Dancing on the poles. Guys, yeah. if you've ever been to New York, there are pole dancers. Uh, they are young men who like do for for money. Right. They're not like stripper pole now. They're actually, they actually like, do tricks on the poles, which is oh. kind of cool. Uh, but nobody gets mad. It's part of New York. Like, I've never seen that in, uh, in San Francisco because we have BART, but I have seen a band set up. I've definitely danced a at the, in the BART, though. <laughs> I've definitely danced in New York on a subway on a pole. Nice. So, yeah, it's just there it's fun. And I felt like, like you said, this like the Santa Fe number choreographically and, and visually really, captures really the essence cool. and captures the essence of New York in and itself. And they did, a, you know, it's something they couldn't do on stage. Yeah. Like, that would have been too weird. Like, yeah. we're just going to bring random poles in on <laughs> There's stage. a lot of camera work that Chris Columbus does that I think the camera work in that scene where you kind of have them weaving in and out and the camera weaving in and out, yeah. it's very it's very cool to watch and it's, again, something you can't get on stage. The same thing with the opening rent number where the camera's kind of spinning around. Yeah. Um, that, to me, it's like, okay, if you're going to do a movie, you might as well use what you have that you didn't have on stage, which yeah. is camera tricks. I mean, and that's what we want to see. Like, we want to see... We want to have the same feeling we saw when we saw this theater show, mm-hmm. but we want to see a difference we want to be like okay what are you going to bring to the table now that it's on film that we couldn't have on stage i mean yeah that that opening number where everybody's like basically like burning burning stuff <laughs> i guess they're rent checks i don't know <laughs> yeah just thrown out to the city you know it, i was like this looks like a blast sleep. and you can't cast that many people in a stage show right. so i was like this this looks you like the kind of throw co- fire like that yeah that too that too yeah, yeah. but you you're thinking when you're watching it you're like this is the kind of community they're talking about this whole like big community of of artists that are banding together yeah i think they did a good job of capturing you know the east village vibe with that opening scene because it actually was shot in um on a soundstage in um warner brothers Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't an exterior shot, which I obviously you can't because there's yeah. too much going on. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they did a good job of, you know, capturing East Village and hippies and all these kinds of people. No, I meant yeah. to bring this up last week um, and I forgot, but that was actually one of the criticisms of the theater show was that they felt like they glorified kind of the East Village and that kind of living situation. Hmm. I mean, I can see why they would... I mean, it's not a very good living situation. You're not paying rent. You're squatting in a, a building in these Village. I mean... When people are like, oh, their apartment's so big. I'm like, yeah, but that's it. Like, that's all it that's is. All that's just one room. I mean, even yeah. their furniture didn't fill up that entire space, you know? And they actually really didn't have that much furniture. It was literally, what, a table and... A some sofa. Some couches. Yeah. yeah. Like, not even couches. It was, like, one couch and, like, a few appliances. <laughs> and like, candles. Yeah. And candles. <laughs> yeah. Lots and lots of candles. A hot plate. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And an answering machine. <laughs> an answering machine. Yeah. Which none of us have. Any. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I really liked that opening scene just because the fact that in the, in the theatrical, obviously we have to picture them on actual, um, not flights of stairs. What are they called? Um, fire um, escapes fire escapes yeah. and things like that. But w- this time we actually got to see people like mm-hmm. raining down pieces of paper for, that were burned in a trash can or whatever. Um, uh, falling down on Benny. Like, I thought that was cool. Like, just picturesque wise, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. You know? Well, before that opening scene, there was the. the Seasons of Love. Yeah. How did you guys feel about that opening? I liked it because, as the theater kid in me, it's like, I love that they gave that homage to them being on a stage. Yes. I liked that too because, and it's, they they do Seasons of Love again in the middle where it's supposed to be, but they do it as like a film. Yeah, they do it as like a film reel. In the original show, both of those are like in the middle. It's like Seasons of Love, Take Me or Leave Me, Seasons of Love. Yeah. So, So, I mean, I, you know what? I also think that the stage show just kind of like throws you into one of, like the most annoying songs, which is a a voicemail (laughs) song, which, um, so it, this to me having one of the most iconic songs in the play be the opener i i thought that was a nice change and i actually wish they would do that in the real play i yeah. also love them having collins and um joanne sing the two parts that normally are sung by kind of like the different soloists. cast is what i kind yeah. of yeah. call them like they have names but no one fully knows their names <laughs> yeah. uh so i thought that like you know obviously we can't have those characters be as 
prominent in the film because it, there's just not enough time. Yeah, and then it also, I also like because even uh, if anyone's actually watched the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame um, uh, musical that, that came out a few years ago, um, how they start their musical is they have like all the actors come up, they, you know, getting ready to play these characters before they just start up the play. Mm-hmm. So it kind of did that for everybody like, hey, this is the cast that you're going to be looking at, these are the stories you're going to follow. And here we go. Also, kind of here's thing. Tracy's amazing, amazing voice. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, liked, I liked that choice a lot. Yeah, yeah, but it also envelopes the audience into, you know, it sucks them into, this is what you're about to watch. And, yeah. you know, for theater goers or for people who are familiar with the show, it, it immediately wraps you in because it's like, oh my God, Seasons of Love. Plus, it was such a smart choice because even people that don't know that show, everyone knows that song. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you immediately start the show off with a song that everybody is aware of and everybody knows. And if, even if you don't know the song, it's such a good song that you're like, this song's amazing. I don't right. watch the rest of the show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I like that, um, you know, in the stage play, of course, they have extra, they have other than the main characters singing as well. But here I liked that it's also, these are the characters whose stories you're going to be following. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know, like, if you're going to a play, um, Drexel said last time, it's like you have the playbill where they explain what the characters are doing. Here, you have no frame of reference. So if you're a person who doesn't know anything about Rent, who's coming here, you might be very confused. But if you set the stage and say, these are the characters we're following right from the very beginning, it makes it a little bit less confusing, I think. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the changes they made from the play to the film. So we know we took, the, we took out a lot of songs, but a lot of them are those speaking songs. <laughs> but I feel a lot like, of them are the voicemail songs yeah, that I don't like. I was going to say that, I mean, I actually really, really like them, but I feel like the audience for people who probably have never seen the play would be like, why are we doing a voicemail song? Or why are we doing be, this Christmas Bells Are Ringing song? It'd be like, very hard to translate it into yeah. a film. I mean, I, I love the Christmas Bells uh, songs. I think they're fantastic. And I still think that, like, I'm, I'm happy that we have both versions because if I want to listen to them, I can listen to the original Browicast, and then if I kind of want to cut all the songs out I can listen to the film soundtrack and just like be like okay here's the main songs yeah well we were saying before that with those voicemail songs when you listen to them as like an album they don't really make as much sense or they don't really resonate but then when you see them on stage with the acting it puts it it puts it in its place and you kind of are like okay this is funny I understand where they're going Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a comedic relief and a very heavy story Mm -hmm. but when you're just listening to it it's like (laughs) and I'm like oh god plus this is a um a show and film where there's a lot of singing happening it's it's not you know some songs it's like every scene is a song yeah so if we had every fill-in be a song too i think people that aren't as inclined to musicals would be even less inclined to see this film Agreed. yeah yeah i think the only song that i really missed from the film version was the on the street one when the uh when angel is bartering with the um with the homeless woman for oh yeah for collins's coat which i thought was a pretty um you know, a detrimental point in their relationship, which so I was a little disappointed. And, and it, it, it makes a full circle, like these people beat him up and stole his coat. But again, you don't, they don't really, they talk a little bit about it, but you don't get as much of a feel that they stole his coat because he didn't have the, well, that took a sleep. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, they cut you okay, honey, which is fine because they kind of talked it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's not as juicy in the It doesn't show. help you build up that relationship as much. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also, the one part I didn't like is I feel like the movie got rid of a lot of the anger. Like, when we're in um, the meeting and the guy, the guy's talking about, like, how he, his T-cells are low. Yeah. Like, he's not angry. Yeah. Which is one of the main things that Jonathan Larson added in is because his friends that did have AIDS was like, you need to make them angry. Like, we're angry. And so they kind of got rid of that. And even with the homeless woman when they're filming and she's yelling she doesn't really yell at them she's kind of like you got a dollar like so i felt like the ang- like i missed somewhat of the anger I, the I agree with you i think another thing that they they there was a missed opportunity was um in you okay honey when um angel says to collins i have a life support meetings for people with aids people like me and he goes oh me too i felt like it was such a throwaway like mm-hmm. you just revealed that these two characters yeah. have aids and it was such a Oh, me too. Cameras okay. panning yeah. like all the way out yeah. from, from across the street, and you're like, "That should have been." I felt. I felt like that should have been more of an intimate. No, I agree with you because I, um, for people who I sh- when I when the movie first came out, I was still in high school, and I had friends that were like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Just come with me. You'll love it." And um, 
when at the very end they're like, I don't even know that Collins had AIDS. Yeah, like, you can all. miss it. You can yeah, miss it for sure. You can even miss like I, later on you figured out with Roger, but even if you're not paying close attention in the beginning and reading like what that paper says, you're missing that he has AIDS too. Right. Yeah. Because they took out that um the song, which is like his girlfriend left him a note saying that we have AIDS before slitting her wrist in the bathroom, mm-hmm. which I guess they did film that scene. Yeah. Um, and then Christopher Columbus took it out saying that he thought it would be too much. But that's another, but that's like one of the things that I was missing because mm-hmm. in One Song Glory, the one thing that I love about it in the film is all the flashbacks, um, him meeting April and like the, him going through his story and stuff like that, which I thought were really powerful. So not powerful. having that ending to that but story. Not, exactly. Not having right. that, like, where's April? Does she break yeah. up? Does she die? Until, until light my candle when he just says like, oh, yeah, she, she died. died. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that bothered me about the casting of April is like, he makes such a point and in a stage show, you can imagine like, whoever you want you're not to, seeing her. to match the actress who plays Mimi because you can't see her. You know that he but here it's she... like, you have this actress who looks nothing like Rosario Dawson and he's like, you look like my old girlfriend. I'm like, no she doesn't. Well he says that <laughs> her smile reminded me. Yeah. But then it's like, they had this smile and I wanted like her smile to match her smile and it, that didn't even really... Happened. I don't know. I think it was more of like a like a vibe that he was feeling with her. Like April reminded him of a vibe that Rosario Dawson's character Mimi yeah like reminded him of. I feel like there was something that he was feeling. Yeah, I just don't know if it fully comes across in the film a hundred percent. I think I people know. are too visual when they're watching film sometimes, and so they like want to see that connection. They're like, Bleh. like like Jackie said, like if you're not thinking about it like that, you're like, she doesn't. There's look like literally her. to me nothing that the April actress has any resemblance to with Rosario Dawson's character in that. Like not even the way that they dress. Like, but you guys have never seen somebody like on the street or talk to one of your friends and you go, Oh my god, you remind me so much of my dad. No, I'm or saying you like can, that. but we don't have that con- we don't get that kind of connection with April, so it's harder to even we just have his word for it. So when we're seeing her and she doesn't resemble Rosario Dawson, that's all we're saying is that it's a mm. little harder because we don't even have that backstory of them to understand like her personality in comparisons to Mimi's. It's all good, Timothy. I'm with you on this one. Thank you, Alexis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, they also took out... The two songs I was really disappointed that they took out was Halloween because I... And they filmed that one. It's a deleted scene and I, I don't understand why it had to be taken out. I don't think I there's any really reason. Good. And I loved it. Yeah. And it's it's a really important part for Mark for me. Mm-hmm. Like for him to, because he's always kind of the outsider, you know? He's always the one that they're all coupling up and he's always kind of left yeah. alone. And so when they're all breaking up and going through all this stuff and he's still left alone, and even more so alone because he's losing his roommate, I like, that's a really good song for him to have to like kind of explain himself. I agree with you. So I, I was, it was unfortunate that they cut that one. And it was unfortunate to me that they cut the second half of Goodbye Love because I didn't see why they had to. Yeah, that to me, like we all were saying that doesn't make any sense because you also have it on the soundtrack. So you're like, I I kept inserting it in there thinking that it was there because I had listened to the soundtrack so much. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they don't have this. But they filmed it, though, didn't they? They did film it. Those are two. They deleted both of those scenes. Yeah, because our our theater, um, when we redid it or when the DVD came out, they re-showed it and they played everything in it, including the deleted scenes and stuff like that. So because I was so young in high school, I couldn't remember exactly what it was. When I watched it the second time in college, I was like, oh. This seems correct. I, this has been there the entire time. And then I realized it was Yeah, when I was saying that I hadn't watched the film in a, in a while. And in my head, because I think it's on the soundtrack, I had inserted that scene into... Because I'd seen the deleted scene before. And I was like, oh, no, it's just in the film. And so when I watched it last night, I was like, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are we just... like? I, I feel like that gives a good... I love having Mark and Roderick have that fight. Yes, and I was because about to it say, makes their makeup so much more important. Right, and I was about to say goodbye. Love not only is a is a pivotal point for Mimi as a character, but for Mark as well. Because not only in Halloween does it see that he's the outsider, but in that in that song in the beginning when him and Roger are having that feud, he said Mark is in his work. Mark is hides behind his work, and I feel like that is a, a pretty telling characteristic of Mark. Um, and then just to cut Rosario Dawson's performance in that song mm-hmm. is like a travesty because she was amazing. In and that also song. Benny gets so little screen time, and then you just cut more of his uh, screen yeah. time. Yeah, Benny. Like that was one of the things that struck me when I actually finally went and saw the play. I was like, Benny has more of a story. <laughs> I was like, I, I just was imagining Benny as like two scenes, and yeah. I'm like, he's like in a lot of scenes. Yeah. What's happening? It's interesting because even like, <laughs> even with the theater show, Tay Diggs had to be like talked into doing the theater show because he was like, "This is too small of a part. Like, I want to do more film and television. Like, why should I give up on that to play this little part?" 
and they had to be like, but this is why your part is so important, and this is why you're such a pivotal character, and then he was like, okay. Yeah, and they, most of the scenes that he cut, like, you find out that he paid for Angel's funeral, he paid for Mimi's They rehab. took away his humanity. They Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And in the, um, yes. right before Goodbye Love in the deleted scene, we find out that he knew that Angel had killed the dog all along, but he hated the dog, too. Still, like you said, he... He had humanity in the deleted scenes, and then they just edited it so that you wouldn't they, like him. They yeah. also cut out of a lot of like complexity with his character because in in the scene where he returns the furniture, and I guess that's supposed to be his like olive branch for the movie, mm-hmm. you don't have that. Uh, you don't show that backstory where he's saying, "You guys, now we can do this thing that we wanted to do," and I've set this all up. He like kind of mentions the well, I forget what the company was or Buzzline. No, no, the oh, company oh, was yeah, that. Cyber Arts. Cyber Arts. Yeah. yeah, and you know from the play that it was a dream of all of theirs to work together, and and that's why he's so excited about this. Here it just sounds like he's some jerk-off who's like, I started my company, why don't you guys come along? And they're like, eh. they, I don't think he even offers them to come and along And also that gives away more of the anger, too, because that scene has a lot of anger between Roger and Mimi, and in this one it was more of like, emotional passive aggressiveness and you miss this whole like you also miss the whole understory where he had already dated Mimi you have this like throwaway line where she was like it didn't mean anything and if you didn't really pay attention to that or know that you also don't understand that they had a relationship before Mm -hmm. yeah and then with and then not only do they have a relationship before which was two years before Roger but then after they have the without you song you see Benny consoling Mimi in the ship club and they clearly get back together because during the reprise of I'll cover you he's sitting with her in the funeral funeral. so it's like they yeah they they did him a disservice completely and I don't like I don't know what the reasoning was I couldn't find the reasoning for that like maybe Tadex was just too busy and that's all they could get him for but Obviously, they did have some scenes that they filmed. They just chose to cut out. So, yeah. um, Also, I forgot to mention it, but Christopher Columbus said that the reason he cut the second part of Goodbye Love was because he thought it would be too much of an emotional overload, which I'm like, I feel like you need that emotional You need overload. that. Uh, yes. It's a through line for, like, two sets of characters. Yes. Yeah. Because so. I also realized when I was watching it today, and and I, I thought, you know... I realized that I was filling in blanks because I already had information. And that's, I'm like thinking then, okay, if I'm somebody watching it from the outside, you don't even understand that Mark and Roger had a fight, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, you kind of of have everybody seeming mad at at the graveyard, but it's not really to a level of, well, then why did he just like go all the way to Santa Santa Fe? Fe. I don't Mm -hmm. understand. And I, you know, when I watched it. Well, even their breakup, you don't fully get the emotional distress of their breakup. Like, right. they do it in Goodbye Love, but... Uh, not Goodbye Love, without, um, you. without you. Yeah. But you don't get the severity of them breaking up. It just seems like, oh, they broke up. Yeah. And okay. now she's with him. I don't know. I disagree. I think that with in Without You, the whole vignettes and the cut scenes, I thought, were really powerful. I thought that, you know, her getting off drugs, going back on drugs, and then fighting like that, I thought that I was I thought those powerful. were, but we're just supposed to assume that they broke up. Because he throws the powder at her and walks away. But earlier in there they had a fight again and then they're still together because he walks in and sees her with the heroine it's like i get that we understand that they broke up but i felt like it was more about her withdrawals and than anything during those the with um, without you i know i disagree the, I will say, though, that another movie tool that's exciting is to be able to see flashbacks and use elements like that where you don't have them in a yeah. when you, you don't have them in a play. Agreed. And I will say, and I know they couldn't have done it in the film and it wouldn't have worked because I've, I've tried it in my head make it work and it doesn't, but I miss contact just for Angel's... That. Just <laughs> for Angel's singing part because it's such like a powerful thing to have him singing this like song and he's powerful dying. Song. Yeah. And... Which is a very hard song, by the way. Yeah, that, <laughs> Just speaking from experience. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I miss it in the film. Um, I don't know, maybe because I have an animosity toward that song. Um, but it, I in the show, I felt like, like I said, 
last week, theater is supposed to make you uncomfortable, and that song in that in that environment makes the audience yeah. very uncomfortable. Yep. And in the show, I don't I don't necessarily think it was needed. I don't think it was either. That's why I said I don't feel like yeah. they could have put it in. I just love that song. I mean, <laughs> at least one like of I just I just wish like he was like could have been lying in the it wouldn't have worked, but I just wish he could have been like lying in the bed at least singing that last part. Like, or have a dream sequence. I'm sure they could have done it. Yeah. I have a random fun fact. So the woman who plays Joanne's mom, Anna Devere Smith, is a playwright, and um, she's actually also a really talented actress. She did this uh, show. Many, many years ago, like in the 90s or 80s or something, uh, called Fires in the Mirror, where she plays like a whole bunch of different characters. So if you ever get a chance to check that out, it's really interesting. And um, it was nice to have like a, I feel like that was a theater community cameo to have her play the play Joanne's mom. Well, it's funny because another little cameo that they kind of inserted in there was during um, Will I? Um, and the character that plays Allie um, is not the actual person, but she's based off of a real person named uh, Allison Gertz who contracted AIDS in the early 1980s and then she became like this AIDS activist and then they made like a whole movie about her life starring like Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. <laughs> that's my New York accent, you hear it? Um, but yeah, I was like, that's so fascinating. I never knew that. But when you do a little bit more research on this film, they did insert so many little things in there that are really awesome. And a personal insert for me was the person that played... Uh... Maureen's mom was my acting teacher in Marin County. No way. Yeah. That's wow. so cool. <laughs> she got really excited about the it. Only thing that, the <laughs> only really thing that bothers me about that scene is that it it is really uncomfortable to have them like fighting and in all these various rooms and people keep following them throughout the rooms. I'm like, really, guys? You couldn't give them like a personal moment? Nope. It's like the crowd just goes one room to the next room to but, the next room. But I do love Maureen's mom saying like, now maybe you guys can get back together because I feel like even now today I feel like sometimes like people that have their children comes out the closet and then they like break up with their first like girlfriend or boyfriend yeah. they're like, oh, so now you can be straight again. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> but I've also been like also that's why I love this this film and why we got to see that was because I've actually been to a wedding like that where they were fighting because the husband or somebody was hitting on like the bartender at the oh wedding. God. And like so they were like yelling and she was trying to get away and he was trying to follow her, but so all of us because we're nosy people were like, What's <laughs> happening? Ah! And so we actually had that whole scene played out and so seeing it in a movie, I was like, This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I felt really bad for, for them. But I also like the fact that we got to see the wedding itself. It was great. Yeah. I thought it was like more of an engagement party. Or engagement party. party. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't have a full wedding because it wasn't allowed at that time. Yeah. It wasn't legal. It yeah. was legal. Um, so. And Adina Menzel and, and Tracy Tom's voices are just oh amazing. Oh my god! I loved watching Adina Menzel crawl upstairs. Yes. <laughs> my favorite part of that scene, and I wish it could still be done in the stage version, is them leaning over the pool, pool table, table and then yes. like fighting back. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. I love that too, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's funny, um, Adina Menzel actually sang Over the Moon live for the taping mm-hmm. of the show mm-hmm. um, and she had to do it like seven times oh and God. I was like well this is why you record your voice <laughs> yeah. because then you'd have to do it seven times and not that Over the Moon is like hard to sing it's more yeah. of like a spoken a, word yeah, a spoken kind of thing word. But, but there's like there's still some moments it, yeah yeah, yeah. And that I, was another one that's that benefits from Hollywood mm-hmm, magic because mm-hmm. you have the ability to see like all these different like you have the moon coming the down and the TVs and and also even cool. like the riot scene itself yes. like yeah. we, we get to kind of see it with our with our cast in in the play to a point but like we actually get to see like police like riding in and like just the chaos of what a riot would look like in a tiny mm-hmm. ra- warehouse also like, like the fact that a peaceful thing can become this huge violent mm-hmm. thing just because of like one person. Right. One person, yeah. Yeah, because right. it looked like it wasn't even someone who was like booing her or anything. They were moving. No, and I think it was like a police officer just like someone like nudged and he just used that as either yeah. excuse or yep. thought something was happening. Whatever the motivation behind that is yeah. to just start the whole thing. So relevant for today. Isn't it? I exactly. know, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the main thing I get up from Over the Moon is just Adina Menzel has such <laughs> intense cheekbones. Yeah. Right? So when she does the sucking part, I'm yeah. like, or when she takes her knee, her nose and she does a little the little oh, thing, yeah. I was like, "This is weird. This is so <laughs> weird. You're supposed to be my alpha bub, but you're moving on the stage. It's awkward." Funny, <laughs> funny confession. That's actually my least favorite song in the entire it, show. It is. Same it's my least favorite yeah. song. It's, it's, it's like my least favorite part. Yeah, I don't know. Why. I always skip it. <laughs> yeah, in the car. In I the movie, it's it. my least favorite. But if we're talking about the original play, it's all the you know all the voicemail songs. I will say that the one song. 
that the play like feeds into me when I'm listening to it, even with the film, is the Rent song in the beginning when they're singing like the part and where she's like, Maureen, I'm not a theater person. Oh, like, yes, I, in yes. my head, I sing that part in between <laughs> them singing it, even though it's not there. That, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. So let's get into. Uh, people not like we've talked kind of about it I guess already but people not liking and the now film. I realize that we sound like we don't like the movie but we, we do, do. We, yeah <laughs> no I'm, like overall like I mean any film you can depict what you don't like that's the easy thing to do right yes yeah I love this movie we all love this yeah. movie just so we're clear guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's definitely in my top five uh, films that have been turned from a film stage into a film. yeah exactly I thought they did they did the best job they could do without like actually being a live stage play, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Which we mean, ended up getting later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do agree with Brianna on a lot of aspects that you pointed out, like taking away a lot of the deeper stuff, which mm-hmm. is the anger and the focus on the AIDS and, you know, the, all of this stuff that makes the show the show. Um, but I, I can understand why they had to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what like the rent heads were angry about is because they wanted that grittiness that they got they kind of took away but they focused too much on that and they weren't able to appreciate the film for what it was yeah because i feel like as much as as much as how awesome this movie is i feel like if they decided let's make it rated r and make it super gritty i feel like it would have taken away a lot because Mm -hmm. you can what rated r for movies is completely different for like a uh mature uh musical well because the main thing of for me the main part of this play what they're trying to convey most is that there's hope no matter what yeah. in your life there's hope yeah. the, I still get that yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. friendship and love and all that you know all the you know different colors of the rainbow and that aspect not to be funny there but like <laughs> you know that was the whole point is that you these friends even though they went through so much loss and trial tribulation all that kind of stuff they still ended up at the end together yeah yeah know? and I feel like if it was a rated R movie we would have lost that yeah yeah, yeah. I think I think other directors would have gone too dark mm-hmm. and not focused enough on the like the lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's impossible to please everybody no matter what yeah. you do. Yep, yep. yep. Um, I do want to talk about one deleted scene, and I was holding off on it because it's personally the main deleted scene that I wish that they had changed, which is the ending. And I have oh. it for us. Uh, I could only find it with lyrics, so <laughs> don't mind the lyrics. So on the, sing along. On the screen. Yay! But, sing along to the bouncing <laughs> ball. What they chose to use in the film was. And both of these endings uh, work with the theater show because the theater show ends yeah, with him playing the uh, the film the film that he's been recording all night. So that's what this part is, and they kind of it reconciles keep... both because you have the people on the stage singing and you have the the yeah. So recording in the, in the original, they just have this and it keeps going on, and then it ends with Angel with yes. the hand, and it, but it's all just this. And this one, I like this hand coming up and going back to where we started, which yeah. is on yes. that stage. I like a good bookend. And the and missing the, spot. And the fact that, yeah, that the yeah. missing spot of Angel, because you're like, oh, oh my gosh. And it makes you feel those feelings again. And of course, when we see our actor walk back out, we're like, oh. And I love that Which part also, right there. Yeah, right there. I like, between I like their the best friends. I love that. I like the Collins. I love oh, yeah, too, when they hold hands. Like, yeah, but that's like a given. But him and Mimi were best friends. Like, yeah. you have to, we always forget that, but well, they were they best friends. They don't showcase as much in the film right. as in the show. But that also is reminiscent of the play, because in the play, he walks out and sits on the table with them. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. and I like this a lot better. And I guess Christopher Columbus cut it and chose the other one because he thought it was people... emotional overload again. <laughs> no, he, <laughs> it's even more insulting in a way. He thought, <laughs> he thought people would think that everything was okay and Angel was alive again. Which I'm like, okay, wow, we're give not the people stupid. some credit. Jeez, <laughs> like, like they literally watched his funeral. It wasn't okay? like Mimi where she died for a second and came back to life. Yeah. Like he's been dead for like a few months. Now. Right. Step away from that light they, girl. <laughs> not only did they film oh, his funeral they too. filmed them burying him yeah, yeah. i right. mean what yeah. is this and with yeah. the lights going off this is like the best ending. and if you notice they always they end with angel in this one too yeah right there and then boop. and then yeah, just like in the movie and or like, like in the in the, the yeah it's like giving an homage to theater it's book ending the show it gives you complete roundabout and you still get the projector oh, up a little bit that. And I just, I do I just like don't a, get his his reasoning for changing I, yeah, it. Yeah, and I like a good bookend. I like mm-hmm. it that, you know, you open with all these people and then you close and you show that this person, you know, is missing from their community. Yeah. Although somebody pointed out to me uh, once when I was younger and I was first hearing the Rent soundtrack, they were like, you do realize that, like, after this play, everybody dies anyway because like, they all have whoa, AIDS. I was like, whoa, stop whoa. that! Not all of them. <laughs> Jeez. Whoa. Yeah, first of all, not all of them have AIDS. <laughs> right? I was like, there are yeah, some. Okay, Maureen and Joanne will be alive. Oh, and 
Benny, I guess. <laughs> and Benny. And Benny. Yeah. Well, we never did. So, so half of them. Half of them are dead. <laughs> and you know, Jeez. maybe, maybe like, some of them make me sad. You know, Collins, Collins never looked that sick. Maybe he made it to a point where they could keep it under control. I mean, yeah, you got to be hopeful. That's the whole point of the dang yeah. musical, y'all. Yeah. What a negative way to look at I it. I know. Yeah. It made me so yeah. depressed. And now every time I see Rent, I'm like, half of them still die anyway. I <laughs> want to look at her and be like, yeah, we all die eventually. Right? So, yes. yes technically, all they all dying. die. Yeah. Because so at one point in our lives, we will all die. Well, actually, just bringing it back for a quick second, and that's to backtrack a little bit. But during Will I, because I do love that song, and I know I keep talking about it, but when they were doing the camera work that you talked about earlier, the roundabouts, um, when they were they were panning through the, the support group, and then everybody was like oh, starting oh, to yeah, disappear. Yeah. I thought that, like, yes, they did take away from the AIDS epidemic a little bit, but in that moment, mm-hmm. I thought that they had brought it back, because I was that like, was yes, they thing. are showing people who that are, you are surrounded by, you are yeah. literally in a support group, and they're dying. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know that was a, a great use of yeah. them. Yeah, and I love that because the fact that you know a lot of people think, oh, support groups, you can get through everything, and everything's all not like happy, but the fact that you guys are there to work and help each other out. But like, especially in these kind of support groups, you're going to lose people along yeah. the way, which is going to like it's it's a double edged sword. It's like you're yeah. there for support, but then you're seeing people, you know, yeah, and that's what's going to happen to you. And you're, yeah, and you're just thinking that's... like, eventually that'll be me. Oof, yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. that that was. I agree that that was a powerful moment also because um, we're going to be discussing Normal Heart on Wednesday. And there was something that I, because, you know, we were we were kids when the AIDS epidemic came was out, full-blown. was a full-blown thing. And so I, you can try and explain it to kids, but they can't really understand. And it wasn't until I saw Normal Heart that I was like, these people died fast. Yep. Yeah. They died fast. Yeah. And that, they did a in lot, that especially scene, in the 80s, before any of the medication to try to even help at all came out, they died a lot faster. Right. And so that one scene that you have where they're just disappearing from the support group, to me that inserts into Rent what it needs is is to show you like just how much this community was yeah. really affected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about film too is that we got to see Angel slowly starting to go from being healthy to oh deteriorating. He's in the oh just, my god. That yeah. Yeah. The ice chips yeah, the ice chip gets me every hospital. time. I can't do it. The nail polish time. I can't do it. Yeah. I just I am like a can't do babbling brook. It's all the time it's terrible. Also piggybacking off of that Colin scene of the reprise um, of I'll Cover You is so powerful so, in the film so because they powerful. get right into his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it's powerful in the show, but for a different reason. Like, the voice is powerful in the yes. show. And this one, it's like the grief in his face. You have face. him by himself with a photo of Angel. And that, and to, to be able to command a scene with just yourself and this photo and be able to like convey this message mm. that like to be able to do that it's so powerful and obviously like with these you have to at least with the stage show you have to use your imagination that you're in a church and that you're being in the funeral but here you actually get to see the entirety and also the fact that you know when you usually go to a funeral you usually are surrounded by family and cousins and a bunch of people and then here because they don't have a lot of family and friends or they've already lost so many people you get to see literally like what eight ten people who show yeah. up to this yeah. funeral it's it's rough and i like that that was one of the grittier things that they showed there you know and the close-up on Tracy thomas is acting in that scene <laughs> oh yeah. where she's just bawling yeah. like and yeah. singing i'm like girl i can't and roger too and yeah. roger yeah because oh, yeah. he was tearing up yeah yeah everybody oh, was the- <laughs> i can't oh. let's, let's move on <laughs> yeah <laughs> but for a while <laughs> I promise I wouldn't smear my mate. Uh, but to, before we go into more stuff, but I love that also the ending or the alternative ending as well as the fact that um, just like how we said in the beginning of how like how plays start where you're like, these are the actors or the stories you're going to follow that book end of like the fact of like, hey, Angel did come back out. But like the actor, like we, we kind of get like a weird wrap up at the very end of like, we showed you the story. We hope that you liked it. Here's all the actors who did it. And, you know, enjoy the rest of your day kind of thing. So that kind of like hopeful love is still at the very end, too, yeah. without it actually being like oh, Angel's alive. It's like, no, the actors did this thing. You watched it. So to sum it up, yeah. Rent's an amazing musical. Yep. The film's amazing. <laughs> and Christopher Columbus is stupid for thinking we're stupid enough to think that Angel <laughs> is alive and not use that alternate ending. Yeah. Boom. And <laughs> you gotta, I mean, I feel like this happens a lot in Hollywood. You gotta trust your audiences. You can't yeah. you can't act like they're stupid. You yeah. can't act like they're stupid. Because yeah. then it comes off that you feel right. that. And let's be real. I mean, the alternate ending is on YouTube. So if anybody hasn't seen the alternate ending, right. it's, so it's, it's so much better. Yeah, it's it's air, yeah, yeah. Um, you can watch it anywhere at this point in time. So let's move on to our Broadway news. News. Uh, 
I only have three stories this week that were <laughs> <laughs> that were, and they're the best stories I ever. Have best stories ever. Um, Lindsay Lohan oh my has God. expressed no. her want to play no. Ariel in no. the live-action Little Mermaid that they're going to no. be making. First no. off, I don't even think Lindsay Lohan is allowed to be in films anymore because it, isn't she too much to ensure? Maybe I don't know. And I mean, also, she's she kind of done a lot of disservice to herself. Yeah, and she's also she doesn't look sixteen. Yeah, she's thirty. Yeah, I was like, second of all, let's pull a Freddie Walker. You you are not sixteen anymore. Thirty years old girl. Stop, girl. That is like take sixteen and double it. You're thirty years old going on forty because of the amount of damage you've done to yourself. Well, she she tweeted out. I will sing again as hashtag. Oh, and we also have the picture. Yep, this is the picture she put with uh, this thing. I will sing again as hashtag Ariel, hashtag The Little Mermaid, if at Disney approve that hashtag Bill Condon directs it. Oh and then gosh. later she edited the post and just captioned it hashtag The Little Mermaid. So I think she got a nasty call from someone. I'm being sure like, Disney yeah. was like, you're not like we haven't agreed that you're playing that. And Disney was like, you are uninsurable. Like we <laughs> cannot have you on our show. Who would we want to play Ariel though? Because she's it's one of my I favorite. I was Disney trying to think of it because so. everyone that I can and I like partially this is just me being like who has red hair, which I know we can dye people's hair, so yeah. it doesn't yeah. really matter. So I'm trying to think of like who I just don't know if I know that many young enough actresses yeah some my friends and i were talking about this as well someone said emma stone and i was like i'm done I no i can't do it no. anymore she if can't guys, play everything if yeah. you guys watch once upon a time the, the one, actress the, who played it on once upon a time was no, wonderful one, i didn't really oh. like her but the the woman who played uh merida from brave oh, oh uh, yeah i thought she's stunning she's and wonderful. she can sing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but i think i thought she was, she was yeah. cool. I, I don't know her name i think we should get just an absolute new person yeah i want i want an unknown that has a really good Voice. But you know that's not what they're going to do. Because look, look at Emma Watson. played her for that. Uh, I saw it, and really she was good. really good. But she, isn't she? She's older too, isn't she? She's, she's older. a little older. She, yeah. she doesn't. I mean, because I mean, yeah, she's supposed to be sixteen in this. We have to be reasonable. Yeah. yeah. No, it's gonna it's gonna end up being someone. Maybe probably another. Maybe someone who's been on Broadway. Who's who's now? At I mean, age. I hope so. But in my head, I'm like, they're going to choose some teeny bopper star. Oh, I right. hope who, that they're going to have to auto tune the voice. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's just what I feel. Well, the last thing I'll say on it is that Disney did give no comment about her post. Good. Right. Yeah, because it's not going to happen. That she's playing That would be a travesty. Um, but let us know who you guys think should play it, because I'm just not that well-versed in who is, I guess, around, around that age that, age yeah. that could play it. Yeah. So if you guys know and you have a thought of who you want to play it, please let us know in the comments below or message us or tweet us. Um, there is going to be a Wonder Years musical. I'm excited about that. I think that's super cool. I was never a fan of the Wonder Years. I remember watching it and getting very confused because <laughs> of Boy Meets World <laughs> and oh, their brothers. And I yeah. was like, yeah. wait, yeah. what? No, they're not brothers. Like, he's too young to be his brother. Because yep. I was watching it at the same time when obviously Fred Savage was much older because I was watching reruns. But I think that could make for a very cute musical. It could make for a cute... I just... It would be interesting to see how they do it because it's a television series. Right. right. And so how long are you going to span it? What, what storylines are you going to focus gonna, on? Right. Um, but it's um, going to be... The book's going to be written by Tim Friedell, who wrote Tuck Everlasting. Oh. Uh, okay. That sounds awesome. So yeah. They don't, there's not much else about that yet. It just was announced in the equity casting that they were going to be casting for it. So it's going to be interesting to see also who they will choose to play the different parts and the roles mm-hmm. and what age we're going to focus on them at. Because yeah. that did span like from what he was like 8, 9, 10 when that show started to, to like... a teen. Yeah. yeah I, it had to be on the air for what, like six, seven years maybe? Yeah. Something like that. I just, I remember watching reruns, so I can, I'm trying to like think. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see where they focus that at. Um, and lastly... Uh, the Newsies musical did so well. It uh, was that it six seasons. Six seasons. Okay, yeah. it broke the ticketing records to become the highest-grossing Broadway event to date what? in cinemas. Awesome. Uh, it uh, estimated amount of two two hundred ten thousand two hundred fifty people saw the event and made three point four seven million. Oh, and it only was only people. for three days. Yeah, and two of those days were a Thursday, Friday. Well, Friday, I guess. But one day is Thursday, and Thursday's not a huge cinema day because people work and have to be up early on Friday. And when this shows you that you can just film a musical and people can come and, and watch it. And people will it. go yeah. watch it. 
Well, it did so well, and it's in so high demand from fans who didn't get to see it, that they're going to make it return for an encore on March 4th. What? Which is a Saturday at 12.55 p.m. Oh, they could have waited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the tickets will be available at fathomevents.com. I didn't see the uh, filmed version, but I saw the <laughs> live version when it was at the Pantages in September. So, and I thought it's a great, it's a very fun show. Bring your children to go see it because it's an amazing yeah. children yeah. show. No, if yeah. you, uh, I got to see it uh, last Saturday. Um, if you do have a chance to see it on March fourth, please go see it because it is really good. And like I said, they added a solo song for Crutchy when he's in oh. the. Um, what is that place called? It the um, children's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They is, added it the, a, is it the one where he's reading the letter? Yeah, I think. Yeah, they added it into the play. I think too. Okay, good. Yeah, because it was they, in the version I saw as well. Yeah, because yeah. they they said that. Yeah, I think they added that. They didn't have it in the original when they were all there, and then they added it later on. But yeah, they filmed it this time too. And um, it's the original Broadway cast for the most part, uh, right? It's our three leads. No, four leads. So Crutchy. Uh, I always forget our leading lady's name. Um, uh, Jack and. Uh, Oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, oh, the other. Yeah, the other guy. David? The other. Yeah, David, yes. So those guys are all the same, but um, everybody else is from the, uh, touring. the the touring cast right now in New York. So. And the touring cast is great. No, yeah. they're fantastic. And all the behind the scenes stuff on the uh, Disney on Broadway YouTube channel shows you like how many times they filmed the scenes and like what went into it and how exactly they filmed it. Because I think they filmed it for like an entire week. And then the last day, which was Saturday, that's when they brought in uh, the audience and filmed it again with all the live laughter and clapping and all that kind of stuff, too. That's cool. That's yeah, nice. it's it was phenomenal. So if you have so, time on March 4th, go see it. Yeah, go check it out. Um, that's about it for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, tomorrow is my sister Bridget's birthday, and her favorite show is Phantom of the Opera, so we will be discussing that <laughs> next Sunday in honor of her. That is my birthday. Oh, and Wednesday, Wednesday we're doing Normal Heart. And Wednesday we'll be doing the Normal Heart at 4 p.m. With uh, Jeff Masters, who is a host here as well, and also is in um, a show they have in L.A. at the moment of that production. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you follow us on Broadway B-Down on Twitter. Uh, We have a Facebook page, Broadway Breakdown. And you can always follow us. Where can they find you? One, two, three, Jackie B on all platforms. At I am Timothy Mike on all platforms. Alexis, where can I find you one last time? Man, hold on. I was trying to bring up your, your music and everything. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> sorry. You through it. I got that from Tony Moore. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I, just, I was just vibing off of you. Oh, I'm uh, openly I'm admitting that I'm copying him. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I'm, uh, you can find me all over social media at uh, ATORS890. And you guys can find me at bfips14 on Instagram and Twitter, bfips1214 on Snapchat. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.